Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as a show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every single day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab absolutely for free at techcentral.ie. Now, I'm looking forward to this week's show because the Audi Dublin Film Festival is on right now and as part of this year's programming, there's a conference and exhibition this weekend looking at the potential of virtual reality in fiction, news and sound. Across the weekend, Immersive Stories will feature speakers from Oculus, The Void, ILM, Rewind, RTE.ie and Irish company Pink Kong, who will be premiering a new short film for VR. To talk us through what to expect, conference curator Owen Cunin sat down with TechCentral.ie editor Niall Kitson. Check it out. I suppose to look at uh, the importance of virtual reality and, and where it is at the moment, I find it's very, uh, it's kind of necessary to, to recognize where people are coming from, given the various applications of augmented virtual and, and I guess mixed reality applications. So Owen, your own background, I really think is a good place to start because you have a job that a lot of people I think would kill for. So t- tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, for sure. Um, so by background, uh, I'm a software engineer. I studied computer science in Trinity College, Dublin. Uh, while I was growing up, I was always interested in illustration, in art, uh, specifically character design, um, how characters move and how characters are designed and things like that. Um, and then with Weta Digital and the work that they were doing in Lord of the Rings, it was pretty clear and evident that everything was moving into more of a digital form and that there was always going to be more of a, a computer science and software engineering aspect to, to, to the work that was being done for, for visual effects in, in feature film. And so to, to try and kind of compensate for my skill levels, uh, I proceeded with, with the computer science uh, track uh, and, and study software engineering at Trinity. Um, at that stage, it was, it was you know, I, I would kind of to and fro as to whether or not feature film was still what I wanted to do, but it was always kind of movement. It was always sort of an animation kind of aspect to it, but it always kind of came back to feature film. Um, kind of when during during when I, during my time uh, studying, there was there was a couple of different productions that kind of like left out at me. One of which was uh, was an Alexander McQueen fashion show in 2006, uh, where there was a holographic projection of Kate Moss in, in a McQueen gown, um, and this was kind of projected uh, within the world, so people could actually people who were attending the fashion show could actually see it. And this was the first time that I saw this sense of visual effects in the real world, um, this this immersive projection and, and I thought that, that was I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, so this this idea of taking these visual effects off of the screen and putting them in the real world that you could walk around, not necessarily touch, but you could kind of be in and amongst I thought I thought was fascinating. So when when I when I went on to, to study a masters, uh, rather than going a more traditional film route, I actually started looking into computer game technology and, and real-time graphics and interactive graphics because what I was kind of pushing towards was the idea, or what I was attracted to was the idea that you could be in and amongst graphics that would react to you as like this active participant, that it is conscious that you're there and, and something that you could interact with. Um, so that was kind of my approach, that, that was kind of my, my, my thinking there was that 
the real-time graphics of it was, was fascinating and how, how can we take the graphics off of the screen and kind of put, it, put them in amongst the people around us. Um, but when, when my career started within, within feature film, there was always, there was always this sort of real-time uh, immersive problem that I wanted to solve. Um, and now that virtual reality has come along, um, this is much more towards what I was what I was originally attracted to and this is what's that idea of immersion, that idea of like being in amongst that that wonderful content um, is, is, is what, what attracts me to the, to the field at the moment. I think there's been a couple of uh, interesting red lines in terms of getting us from, say, the, the passive, you might say, experience of watching a movie in 2D in cinema to getting into virtual reality. Uh, for me, one of them was uh, Avatar, which became really sort of the, the first 3D movie as we know it now turning 3D into a real selling point and the second for me was the uh, holographic projection of Tupac Shakur at Coachella Mm. a few years ago Um, and I think those two sort of moments really solidified um, sort of the the prospects I suppose of virtual reality that you can interact with graphics that you can create these immersive environments and I guess without those two things happening it could be said that you know the road to devices like like the Oculus Rift or the HTC Vive would have been a lot more difficult. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think I, th- I think I think you you hit the nail on the head with Avatar. I, th- I think Avatar worked so well as, as a 3D feature film, and it added so much more to it that vivid Pandora environment that you really kind of got a sense that you're in and amongst it. Um, it's funny that you, you you mentioned the Tupac Shakur hologram at Coachella as well. It was this, it was the same um, projection technology that the Alexander McQueen fashion show used um, as as that Coachella production as well. So it, it was it's, it's exactly those kinds of of productions that really really get my interest. Um, with respect to Avatar, um, yeah, I think I think it was that opportunity for people to almost kind of like reach out and kind of be in and amongst that environment and I think you know you you, you wanted to be there you wanted to kind of get a sense because the the, the world and the environment in, in Avatar the, as Pandora um, is in itself a character in that and you, the idea of kind of walking in and amongst it I think is is, is, is fascinating I think it's is, is really alluring um, the idea that they've opened up Pandora World of Avatar at, at Disney World um, is, I think, a testament to that, that you know, they, they know that people want to be in and amongst it. Um, and that idea of immersion, I think, is, is, is incredibly alluring and, and incredibly attractive to people. Um, and now that we do have screens and display units that, that offer a high enough resolution that can kind of give people the opportunity to step into a world and, and see high resolution and high fidelity graphics and kind of be in and amongst those kinds of environments I think is is a huge boon and is a huge kind of is a huge progress for, for virtual reality. So uh, jumping forward a, a couple of years to, to look more closely at what we're doing or what's happening in Dublin over the weekend um, there are three strands that uh, the exhibition uh, has been broken down into sort of the, the fictional the news applications and the music and sound applications so let, let's start with the fictional I suppose and I, I guess having spoken about Avatar that is on the surface the uh, the most obvious point of engagement but you know we're, we're pretty much I don't want to say past 3D but it's uh, in, in, it's 
part of the landscape now in terms of cinema that I, I think we're getting beyond the stage of the passive viewer into the active viewer thanks to the likes mm-hmm. of the Rift, the Vive and the Gear VR. So how deep, for want of a better word, are we in terms of uh, immersion into fictional worlds? Do you mean, uh, can, you, can you elaborate on that in terms of how deep sure. do you mean in terms of, uh, how, do we, are we interacting with the story? Or? Sure, yeah. But not just at the level of story, but at the level of exploring virtual environments. You know, are we getting almost to a meta stage of fiction where pe- people are happy to explore the world in which a story exists? as much as the story itself. Like, if you were able to walk around New York while the Avengers are are saving the world, is that as attractive a prospect as playing Captain America or Iron Man and actually participating in the event? Got it. Uh, Yeah, I think this is a really interesting question. Um, So... You know, a big, a big part of, of the of the productions that I'm looking at in, in immersive stories is how immersive entertainment is being used as a part of a part of like a larger multi-platform storytelling strategy. So, you know, if we look at the Voids, um, Secrets of the Empire production, this is the first time that we are giving. Um, viewers and fans a chance to really step into the to the Star Wars universe and to, and to participate in it. Um, I think what's really important is that all viewers will have different preferences as to how much or how little that they want to engage in the environment. And I think the real difficulty going forward is as, as, as experienced designers is how do you cater for people that want to kind of in, interact on, on that sliding scale that it's like, you know, I want to, I want to go in and I am interested in this in this franchise and this story and I, I want to kind of see see this for, for at, at face value but then you know there are the diehard fans and the people that really want to get in get in get in amongst the weeds and kind of you know investigate and kind of like learn more about the worlds and you know are there easter eggs in there that they can kind of dig around and try and, try and find that it's, it's, it's a difficult kind of balance to strike but I think Initially, I think it needs to work for everybody um, and that you need to have the experience and it needs to be fun and needs to be engaging and it needs to tell a story. Um, I think we will see more and more opportunities that people can kind of go in and engage in that environment and engage with characters, but on a more sort of, um, without that kind of time constraint that they that they're free to kind of roam in, in and amongst in and amongst that environment and to kind of explore and to kind of learn new things that they may not have otherwise done that they didn't have time to to see if it was on the on the cinema screen or something like that that they do have a chance to to, to really explore and investigate it so i think that idea of the the sliding scale of investment into a story i i think that's a really interesting way to take narrative forward that you're learning from sort of the three act to five act structure but you're also learning from the gaming world as well so how do you think vr is becoming that sort of that that technological bridge between the worlds of gaming and film where you're sort of taking a, a a best of breed but you're also creating something new at the same time yeah, I think I think, I think it's I think it's more than just virtual reality, though. I think I think there's a larger um, category of immersive storytelling and immersive entertainment that doesn't 
that will include virtual reality, but there's also mixed reality. There's immersive theater. There's escape rooms, um, and there's and there's different there's different kind of platforms even within ent uh, immersive entertainment for, to to experience that. Um, so I think that as a storytelling kind of paradigm, <clears throat> I think is going to continue to advance. And I think there's a huge, what, what I love about virtual reality at the moment is, is that it is a melting pot of, of different expertise, um, that you do have traditional filmmakers, you do have experienced designers that are coming from a games background. You've got theater producers. It's, it's, it's this really fascinating um, world to be working in at this moment in time where you have this, this incredible opportunity for collaboration that people are bringing so many different skill sets into, into, into creating a virtual reality production that, it's, that I find super rewarding. Um, so even and, and sound and sound design is, the, is, is, is another kind of component to this that, you know, how do you when, when there isn't a screen, there isn't this kind of proscenium that you don't necessarily have this vector to be looking at or expected to be looking at. That how do you how do you keep the the, the viewers or the participants' attention? How do you try and make sure that they're seeing a certain event take place in a certain period at a, at a certain time? And what can sound do to try and lure the the attention or the gaze of the, of the viewer in, in, in a particular direction? And I think it is that sort of melting pot, that kind of collaboration pool of of these. You know, not necessarily disparate skill sets, but you know, people who have been pretty much working in their own uh, area of expertise, and they're all coming together now, and they're all contributing into this into this new medium. Um, and I found that really, really rewarding, and, and 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 a wonderful opportunity to actually learn from from people that you know, just working in film, I may not have otherwise had the opportunity to do. Yeah, I think that cross disciplinary approach is is really. Uh, for me, it's a large part of the attraction of VR uh, or blended reality yeah. as as a whole, because you're seeing things from yes, the narrative applications, yes, you know the the marketing add-ons for films like Ghost in the Shell, but you're also seeing it being used in things like treatment for PTSD in uh, in war veterans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it does open up such a such a new um, world of collaboration between fields. And I think news and documentaries stand to benefit an awful lot from this as well, especially in the advent of 360-degree uh, cameras, which uh, I know have yeah. been used to great effect uh, at, you know, protests in, in war zones and this kind of thing. So uh, what I like about news and documentaries uh, is that, you know, the technology is becoming so accessible, it's becoming so widespread. Um, from your perspective as somebody that, that works within the field, and um, what sort of applications have you found that have made you go? Actually, this is this is something new. This is something this is something different. This, this is you know beyond a traditional news report. Mm. So I think I kind of had one of those moments recently when I went to see Carney Arena in the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, um, and that was uh, Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuri to uh, his 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 story of of. Mexican migrants crossing the American border, um, so you get the, this opportunity to observe what's happening when this when this is taking place. Um, and it was part of like a larger exhibit, um, and I think it was just this this opportunity to kind of like really step in amongst it and to kind of like learn about the or learn about the subjects and the story. Uh, I thought was was pretty harrowing. Um, but the main thing that I'm that I'm really enjoying the the, the possibility of is how can 360 video um, help remove a, a particular bias that 
a news a news network or a, or a news reporter might have that rather than having in, in an interview that you've got the reporter and you've got the cameraman and it's a locked off camera to kind of tell their story of what is happening behind them the idea that you've got a 360 camera gives gives us some level of autonomy to, to, to look around and to kind of take in the taking the environment and the experience ourselves and to, it kind of puts a little bit more pressure on us as participants as viewers of this 360 content to, to make our own um, interpretation as to what's happening and it ask, will ask us a lot more questions which I think will be which I think is a good thing and make us participate more in, in, in that news story or what it is that they're trying to, to document themselves um, and kind of you know with, with, with everything that's happening particularly with Facebook and you know the the sharing of, of a news article based on based on a uh, on a headline, um, I think putting more pressure in and having a higher level of expectation of, of a viewer, um, regardless of what that uh, event might be, I think I think is a good thing. Um, I think you know reading about it and, this, and my, my my views on this are kind of still kind of in, in, in transition that. We still need to be careful and kind of reading a couple of articles where people are just a little bit concerned that we might be rushing into just you know uh, we, we let's bring the 360 video into this protest and then people will understand uh, why we are protesting and understand what's going on um, and maybe that's just a little bit too simplistic at the moment um, that it's still we still have a little bit of work to do in kind of determining how, how best to how best to portray that work but um, I definitely think that it, it, it's it's providing a really interesting um, opportunity to, to tell to tell a different story that is hopefully has, has less bias attached to it or or gives or gives uh, gives a viewer more of an opportunity to really kind of come to their own conclusions with respect to the, to the content that they're watching yeah I think when you look at sort of one of the problems and you alluded to it there when you're talking about news is is the idea of the gaze and which part of the camera mm. do people want you to to home in on and go you know it's this guy over here that's actually causing the problem or this is the most important person here in this in this frame um, it provides mm-hmm. a very interesting opportunity to create context uh, in a way that perhaps as you say the locked off camera doesn't do um, I, yeah. I think that's that's something we're going to see more and more uh, again especially as the technology I mean Samsung's latest 360 camera it, it holds in the palm of your hand and you can just put your hand up or put it on a selfie stick and you've got a full you've got a full range of um, you've got a full field of vision on it but to move Definitely. forward to the sort of third um, strand of the exhibition um, music and sound not necessarily the first subjects that come to mind when, when uh, I think of VR anyway but of course essential to the creation of any sort of a immersive experience so uh, can you elaborate a little bit on what is being done in those fields yeah for sure I mean it was, it was, it was always an interesting one to try and include because I'm conscious that you know Universal Stories is part of a, the ID Dublin International Film Festival that how does music fit into a film festival um, and kind of you know kind of going back and thinking about it my kind of journey and interests coming into film and filmmaking actually came from watching music videos um, so people like Chris Cunningham or Spike Jones um but I think kind of when we kind of get into the realm of, of immersive entertainment, uh, the idea of sound and sound design, I think, is, is critical. And, and sound design is critical in feature film as well. Um, you know, whether it's, if you, if you consider uh, the, the, opening, the opening scene to Saving Private Ryan, that it's only kind of when everything is calming down that you realize that there hasn't been a score for that entire 
after that entire uh, opening scene that you kind of almost take you start you start breathing again and and, and the role that the score has in that uh, likewise with with gravity the, the the score or the lack of a score and just like the breathing and how that kind of contributes to the tempo of the filmmaking and of the storytelling I think it's it's, al- it's always a huge kind of component but I think because it's such a visual dominant uh, medium maybe it's easy to, to take to take the sound and sound design for granted I think it's less of a case and I think it needs to be more sound forward in, in virtual reality and immersive experience because I think it the idea that things are happening around you you need to have that sense so the idea of the spatial audio that's taking place the idea that if, if something falls and clatters behind you that you get a sense that it falls and clatters behind you so it kind of brings your attention around to maybe it makes you turn around the idea that somebody might be speaking in your left ear or speaking in your right ear that it can kind of attract your attention in a particular way that will kind of facilitate aid move the story forwards um i think i think it's really interesting um on the music side of things um i'm seeing quite a lot of experiences like port digital and um massive attacks phantom that is giving people a different way of engaging with with a musician that you know if you're you're at a live concert or something like that or there is a band playing as part of a festival that you're not able to go to that you have this opportunity now that you can put on a headset and with with a good sound uh with with a good sound of uh, headphones sound bus um you're able to have like what is it what is a pretty good experience kind of being being there and in and amongst it um we've seen that with with glastonbury offering kind of 360 video feeds and coachella offering 360 video feeds of of of, of their live performances and things like that um but i think it's i think kind of particularly with pure digital that there's like these kind of virtual reality music videos that you can kind of step in and amongst it and be engaged with the artist in a new way i think is i think it's pretty fascinating and you know you no longer it's not necessarily kind of uh left speaker right speaker stereo that maybe they can be a little bit more um from a sound design and from a musical composition that maybe the artists themselves are able to kind of compose music differently that kind of based on where it is that you're looking or kind of your biometrics of your heart rate that maybe this will speed up the tempo of the music or slow it down or um you know there's different kind of musical soundscapes that they're able to employ and i think from from music and the kind of progression of the music video i think there's a really interesting opportunity there for artists to create really kind of compelling work and to kind of engage in this sort of this sort of mix between traditional music video and the live performance and there's something in between that's something different but still something that can be incredibly captivating and and, um, and, a, and a wonderful thing to both see and, and to listen to I think you raised a, a very interesting point there uh, about sort of the temporality of, of virtual experiences uh, I know Bjork d- did um, a 360 video I think for entire conferences but as we found um, sorry entire concerts but we found that uh, say with online video there's maybe a sweet spot of about three minutes uh, to hold somebody's attention. Is there is there a similar sort of sweet spot for virtual experiences? Is is there a point at which somebody goes, "All right, okay, I've I've got the idea. That's fine. I can do something else." Is that something we're going to see, or is it is it something that will borrow more from the gaming end of things, where people will just lose themselves for hours and hours? I think I've, I've heard you know stories of people who've been in virtual reality for forty to sixty minutes at a time. Um, I know people who would much prefer to be in kind of two or three minutes at a time. Um, so I think it's going to be very a very personal choice as to kind of how much you want to engage with it. Um, 
I know, I, I know what you mean by kind of uh, the kind of temporality of kind of like even the ephemerality of of, of online videos and things like that. Um, I think what I like about virtual reality is the sense that you can have a very kind of personal uh, experience when, when you're in it. Um, I, th- I, th- I think it's, I think it's just going to depend. I think it's going to kind of uh, change over time. Um, I, I, th- I think it's still kind of like too early to say whether um, people will just want the kind of like three to seven minute experience, or, or, or whether they will want a more maybe let's, let's call it a 120 minute kind of feature feature film um, duration, or even longer for 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 a, for a triple A game or something like that. I think people are still very much trying to figure out. Um, how to, how to make these experiences and what are the different experiences, what are the different kind of engagement techniques that people really want to um, employ and, and how to keep them engaged and things like that. Uh, so I think, I think it's a little bit early to say. I think um, with, with further proliferation and kind of saturation with, with people having headsets, I think that will kind of present itself a little bit more um, and a, more of a story will emerge there. But I, think it's, I still think it's, it's a little bit early to say. I think people need to, need to try out the medium and get comfortable with it. Um, and I think that needs to happen first before we can really start seeing more of a consistent um, story with respect to how, many, how long people will be actually staying in, in a headset at any particular time. And that was Owen Kaneen, curator of Immersive Stories at the Audi Dublin Film Festival, talking to Niall Kitson. If you'd like to know more about the exhibition and the conference, you can visit diff.ie forward slash festival forward slash conference. That's almost our show for this week. The programme supported, as always, by irishjobs.ie. For the latest jobs from IT recruiters, do visit techcentral.ie forward slash jobs. That address again, techcentral.ie forward slash jobs, powered by the good people at Irish Jobs. Remember, you can also get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with free hourly updates, daily newsletters and more from our website at techcentral.ie or just listen to us every week online or Fridays at 5pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1X. Until next weekend, from myself, Dusty, and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.